Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. Hi, my name is Charlie. My clean date is December 17th, 2012. I attend meetings in the Sarasota, Florida area of NA, the Suncoast area. My home group is Spiritual Principles at Noon online meeting. September 16th, we are responsible for our recovery. Although we are not responsible for our disease, we are responsible for our recovery. That's from Basic Text, Chapter 3, Why Are We Here? Responsibility was a dirty word in active addiction. We feared it. We avoided it. The people close to us, and perhaps those in law enforcement and the justice system, told us over and over, Take some responsibility for your life. We thought freedom meant freedom from responsibilities, but ultimately, we found it to be quite the opposite. We were enslaved by our addiction. For many of us, this version of freedom landed us behind bars. We are not bad people because we suffer from the disease of addiction, and we're not bad people trying to become good in NA. But while having the disease isn't our fault, it's still important to recognize that many of the consequences we face stem from our own decisions. We made choices. We took action. A member shared, All my life I saw myself as a victim of my circumstances, and I made blaming others the centerpiece of my victimhood. Through step work, we discover that it's important to take responsibility for our past, even though we are powerless to change it. To move forward, we cannot cling to guilt over our past actions, nor can we succumb to the shame from the social stigma of being an addict. We can't let our disease continue to overwhelm and paralyze us. We must act differently. NA offers us a chance to take responsibility for our present and future lives. We do this slowly at first, perhaps by performing the most basic of life tasks, being of service in meetings, getting a sponsor. We discover that people can influence our recovery, but we have to do the work ourselves if we are to reap its benefits. No one goes to meetings for me, calls my sponsor, or works steps for me, the member continued. No one else is to blame if I choose to neglect my recovery and am caused pain by my choices or cause pain to others. For many of us, the work we do in NA reveals a new perspective on our disease. Many of us become grateful for our addiction because our journey toward responsibility and recovery has made our lives so beautiful and fulfilling, and so free. I'm not responsible for the way I'm wired, but I am responsible for my life and my choices. Today I will refrain from blaming others for the consequences of my actions. Today, for me, responsibility equals freedom. Thank you for allowing me to read. Welcome back, everyone. This is September 16th. And on Fridays this month, we're here with Melissa, and she's going to speak on We Are Responsible for Our Recovery. 
Hi, family. Yeah, so this meditation really hit home with me. I actively avoided any sense of responsibility. You know, on the outside, I did everything I could when I was using to look like I had my shit together, you know, but really and truthfully, I was falling apart. Um, at first, it was just internally, and then it started to you know, reflect on the outside, everything started falling down around me. And, you know, I was in Afghanistan and I decided, you know, I wasn't going to do anything anymore. Like I wasn't going to use anymore and I wanted better for myself. And then my addict mind actually convinced me that like I fought for freedom. Literally, this was my thinking. So I can just, this hits home to me so much, this meditation. But like, I'm like, I fought for freedom. I should be able to do this, you know, this justification just to get whatever I wanted, no matter what it would do to me. And um, yeah, I felt real hard. So that's how addiction yeah. hits us, isn't it? I mean, it spins whatever. It'll spin whatever, man. It's like, yo, you had a long day, <laughs> you know, at the office driving, you're over there, you know. Do, doing what you were doing it's really. like fuck it you deserve it man you deserve it it's mm -hmm. fucking insane yeah and then really what i was doing was asking for pain and misery you know and and you know it touched on in here like it um this version of freedom landed us behind bars you know for me it didn't land me behind bars thankfully and miraculously really but it did let cause me to lose my family you know which is one of the things that i hold most dear you know, and I had a prison within my own mind, in my own world, and um, I didn't know how to escape from it. So, you know, coming hey, to Melissa, we, we that stuff don't doesn't just heal like immediately. Like when we walk into the rooms, like that shit just doesn't get dropped right there. Like we bring, we bring our whole ass human selves into recovery with us. Yeah, we do. Right. I mean, and, and sometimes I think, I wonder if. If, if we put that expectation on ourselves of like, you know, when I hit 30 days, I should, I should have this all figured out, you know, this area of my life, I'll figure it out or, or whatever. And wonder if I hit 60, I should have this. Doesn't work that way. No, you know, that connects with that whole humility piece, thinking we need to be further along. And, you know, I've always like dealt with that mindset, like, oh, I should be here with the steps or I should be here. And da, da, da. but really, and truthfully, um, you know, it takes like what it leads into. It talks about choices. It takes consistent, healthy choices. And we, I, I definitely didn't come in here making those. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know what they looked like. Right. So, um, One good decision a week, I think, is a good average to. Uh... <laughs> oh goodness, good nah, I can't, I can't live like that. <laughs> hey, so look, so 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 what what happened for you to start to start looking at that? Like you're you're bringing in you know, all kind of justifications and rationalizations. That's what you're talking about. Like you were riddled with those getting clean. Like, how did you start, you know, like, like if we have some listeners who are saying, yo, that's where I'm at or, or some, you know, regardless of like the amount of clean time that we have, if we're in a season to where it's like, yo, I'm justifying any kind of ass non-behavior, you know what yeah. I'm saying? If, if we're, if we're in that spot right now, what did you do to start kind of hacking away at that and kind of getting in touch with reality? Well, it's, it really happened unexpectedly without my permission because <laughs> I started, I mean, I started working steps because that's what y'all told me to do. And um, that's what I needed to do. And I knew, cause I knew my thinking wasn't working. So I decided to work steps and I decided to be honest. And um, 
it really started to wake me up as to like the impact of my choices, the part that I played in losing my daughter, the part that I played from pushing away the other parts of my family, the part that I played in why I don't have basically a successful life, you know, like what have I been doing? And, um, you know, I really touched on in here, man, I love that quote. It said, um, talking about the centerpiece let's see centerpiece of my victimhood oh man I had such a victim mindset but that's the only that's that's the only way I could live in that state of denial you mm. know as I had I had everything's been, being done to you everything's yes. being done to yeah but working those steps you know it really got me to expose the that flawed thinking you know because I mean I don't know for me it was like I could only lie to myself so long Mm. and um I got tired of it you know and like that's the cool piece right so for me it transitioned from like oh everything's happening to me the world like I really thought the world was just like evil and poisonous yeah yeah yeah. and I was just like a a victim you know and um but it changed into like okay I did these things right and at first I felt so low about myself right but which Melissa I I don't think I I to add some context to what you're talking about, about that, like when we, when we look at ourselves, our actions and, 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 and just kind of life that we've been living up until the point to like getting clean and all, I don't think having a low opinion of ourselves, or I don't think looking at ourselves and being like, man, what the fuck? I don't think that's necessarily like a really bad thing though. You know it's what I'm saying? Not, I, I, it's not, but I was in such a place that I would make more destructive decisions to keep building upon that because I'm so, horrible that I don't deserve anything good and that's the negative place that I got into right and um, I would just do things that would tear down my self-esteem even more but I transitioned into um really a healthier place of like okay so that's what it was and what is it gonna be like I can write my story now you know I don't have to live and I was starting getting into that hope shot huh (laughs) yes it's definitely it's true though, you know, um, like, um, it, you know, we, it's a must in the basic text and Phil, where are you at? Um, <laughs> it's like, um, we must learn from the pla- the past, not cling to it, you know, and, and that's where I was at. I was clinging. Right. And it talks about that in here. And, um, the transition was like, okay, so that's what it was, but what am I going to do now? I got the rest of my life to make things different. What am I going to do? And like you talked about in here, nobody did the work for me. You know, I love how I look, I love how it it, it sets that whole piece up too. It's like, look, there's people who influence my recovery, but they're not calling my sponsor for me. They're not hitting the meeting for me. It's like, yo, I gotta, I gotta do that stuff. What's your experience like that, man? Like, you know, people influencing you, but then you being like, all right, they're setting, they're, they're letting me know what I need to do. They're setting the example, but all right, it's time for Melissa to hit a meeting to share, to, you know, do whatever. You know, I don't really feel like I've ever had to be, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, I don't feel like I've ever had to be drug along, but in the beginning, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So yeah, I needed people to drag me, but next thing I know, I'm dragging other people. I'm getting other people right. pumped up to go places and stuff, you know, and that that's actually just been a big part of my recovery since the beginning. And probably because of those people that were like, Hey, come on, let's go do this. We're going here. We're going to do this, you know? And um, it just brought a positive light into my life, you know? And uh, yeah, nobody worked the steps for me. Nobody called my sponsor. Now I did have my first sponsor I got because somebody was like, hey, look, go talk to her. She's your new sponsor. 
They kind and, of just set you up with that. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. she didn't, she was only my sponsor for a couple of days because then I chose my sponsor, but who knows without that introduction, I may have not picked the sponsor right away. It may have not been the best, the biggest priority, you know, no, well, I don't have a problem with people who do that, you know, who say, Hey, look, so-and-so is going to sponsor you or something like that. At least until you kind of, you know, take a look around and see who you connect with and stuff. I better to have somebody who's kind of, you know, than, than nobody at all at least that's how well, that's how I, I always at. encourage people you know if, if getting a sponsor seems like a, a major deal and a life-changing decision get a temporary sponsor you know that's okay right look Eddie more Melissa I'm cool with the whole temporary sponsor piece I you know what I've even I've even told people the last few years of like yo man how about this I'll I'll, I'll sponsor you kind of like temporarily until you find somebody you click with or something like that and uh but the old timers used to tell tell us now this is like southwestern pa right circa 2000 they used to say <laughs> temporary sponsors equal temporary clean time or some shit like that you know it was, it was catchy but i don't think yeah. it's i don't think it's actually accurate you know so all right look talk about this i'm not responsible for the way i'm wired so this is the italics at the end and so you know but i but i am responsible for you know my 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 choices um the one dude around here, really cool dude. Uh, his name's Sean, old timer man. Long, you know, I really lean into when he when he's sharing. He he breaks it down. He's like, look, everything that I'm going through is all about three things. He's like, choices, decisions, and consequences. In that order, I have choices. I make decisions, and I reap the consequences. Good, bad, and different, and all that stuff. And I and I like that because it takes like if I'm wired a certain way. I can be wired a certain way, but I still can have action items that, that are consistent. Now, so what do we think about that? What do you, are you wired in a way that you feel you have to pay extra, you know, you have to do a little bit more to be consistent in some areas? Mm, I don't know, you know, recovery for me, like, I mean, it's become so habitual the past few years, you know, I mean, not even the past few years, like, cause I've always done the same things that I do now. So I don't ever have to force myself to do recovery. Now, I mean, <laughs> holding the clothes right after it comes out the dryer. Yes, I have to put in a lot more effort to do that. <laughs> you know? right. I expose myself on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I mean, in the beginning, you know, I did. I definitely had to, like, make myself do things. Um, and, you know, as I move through different seasons of recovery, I do have to force myself to, how do I say that? uh like figure out what's gonna work right like I always have like you know we go through different seasons and you know say this day used to work really good for a meeting but now it's this day that works really good for a meeting or this home group used to work really good for me but now this group seems like it'd be a better fit for me so like making changes necessary changes in my recovery can still be kind of difficult like changing a sponsor I've had to do that before mm. you know those things um can be difficult and how do I do that con with consistency? I'd say I just pay attention to what I need, you know, like what, um, like if I can't go to that meeting, that's my home group, then I need to get a different home group, you know, yeah. um, like I, but for me, it's more so like, it's not the habitual that I have a problem with, but I can tend to, I want to drag my feet a little bit when it comes to those big changes, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's a good point that you bring up. And you know, you know, one thing that I, that, that I've observed about you that I think kind of helps in that whole process, you, you bring this, you bring this, like, um, I'm not sure how to articulate it, what, what word I'm looking at, but you know, like we'll be down there kicking it at a restaurant, right? And a few, few of us people were sitting around and you'll belt out, uh, Hey, what's your favorite spiritual principle? Remember that you hit us with that. Yes, those are my like, favorite questions. Look, it's such a cool way to like, uh, because I think I think maybe like we have Bobby and Brian down there, some folk that maybe you haven't met, you know, until then or something like this or whatever it was. But it was like, um, man, it's such a good way to to center a conversation or center an experience or or, or you know to to bring us into talking about something that's like a positive pouring in. To, mm-hmm. to one another in a positive aspect instead of you know what's the gossip or you know just making up some dumb shit you know that that, yeah. that we can laugh about i think that well, goes the, a long the, way the second piece of that because it's a two-parter the second one is what is the most difficult for you to practice and apply mm. that was the other one mm, hit you with that one yeah mm-hmm. but yeah you know this is a beautiful journey like my my just my oh, like illusion of freedom before has transformed into a life of peace, a life of comfort. And I have a lot of responsibilities today. I've shared about them on the podcast before. And, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming and, and maybe even feel burdensome. But man, this is the things that I would have dreamed of before. Bro, you ain't lying. Yeah. So I have to like really focus on gratitude in, in those moments. Yeah, Melissa, you know, like I've heard stories about you, like from you, well, and from from a couple of our friends too, about how just fucking crazy you were getting clean. I was the same, man, all over the place, right? Couldn't is it? Isn't it wild when we take a step back and we t- we look at how much value we put on a peaceful evening? Yes. Right, it's crazy. It is. It's really crazy, man. And I and 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 I I could just I can just imagine some listeners, you know, who 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 are still into that, you know. Hey man, I like it fast. I like that chaos. I like always, you know, being in the mix. And but look, I'm telling you, man, stay in the process long enough to where a peaceful, um, calm evening is just you look forward to. Mm-hmm. That's awakening of our spirit. Yeah, and you know, I can I can choose to go back to that chaos anytime I want to, but through consistent mm. action, I realize like um, the value of the life I have today. Like I don't need insanity to give me some cheap thrill like I did when I was using. Yeah, that's good, man. All right, last thing. So if we put this together, that the last piece of the italics t- talks about, you know, today for me, responsibility equals freedom. And then we read the thing. It, it talks about like we're responsible for our recovery. So recovery is freedom and freedom is, is, is all about me like saying, hey, look, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get a day clean. And from there, from that commitment, I'm clean a day to time, no matter what happens from that, I can take on whatever comes down, you know, what, whatever happens in my life today, I'm not alone. I'm going to stay clean through it, you know, and, and work to the other side. And so if we're responsible for that, right, we're responsible for our own, own recovery. We're responsible for our commitment. Um, could, could you share with us in closing, you know, what are some things that you do to protect your clean day? What are, what are some things that you do right now that it's like, Hey, look, these are non-negotiables for me. This is how I protect my recovery because I'm responsible for it. I like how you called it non-negotiables because it, it definitely is. And I had had to learn that. Um, the first one is I don't hang out with people that are using. 
bottom line. Like I do not, you know, I've had to even put push out family as a result. And also I don't go, well, I mean, people places and things, right. And I don't have to go through the gambit with that. We all know people places and things on, right. um, also choices, right. I don't, um, I do my best not to make choices that will lower my opinion of myself, lower my self-esteem, because if I'm thinking I'm the worst, then, you know, what's the harm in making the worst decisions, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I used to punish myself. Self-sabotage was my game. So, um, you know, I, I make healthy choices today. And um, another non-negotiable is my home groups. Like I have two home groups and I'm of service to both every week. And then um, step work and sponsorship, you know, being a sponsor, having a sponsor. And uh, also always talk to addicts. Like daily, I talk to a couple addicts, you know, and, and it's worked so well. Um, and of course, at the top of all that is don't use no matter what, no matter how I'm feeling, because a feeling is temporary. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste and God bless. Mm -hmm.